Hello everyone and welcome to the Ordinary American Podcast. My name is Skyler and I'm going to be your host for today. How is everybody doing? Alright, we have a lot of stuff to get to. Are you guys happy with the country you are in right now? Because I have some serious questions about that. Um, and it's everyone. I mean, it's it's everyone. It's Democrats, it's Republicans. Democrats running around throwing tantrums, tearing down everything they can get their hands on that's shiny and doesn't have a vagina. And then we have the Republicans on the other side who just kind of let it all happen, for lack of a better word. And, and I, want, I want this to be clear. I'm, I'm not coming at this from one side. I... I mean, for the most part, I, I mean, I am. I, I don't really like uh, the Democratic policies in terms of what they're doing right now. I think that they have some decent policies that they can implement in certain areas. Um, I think that they're terrible at doing that. I think that they have kind of lost sight of their original platform. Um, and, and this, this opens up a broad question for, for the day, and that is, where this division started, and why I wanted to create this podcast in the first place. The two-party system has become so divided in terms of trying to create policy or find a middle ground the people on the left especially are so far into their ideology and down on their side that even if republicans come through with a good proposal the democrats will not uh accept any portion of it as a matter of fact just a few days ago, um, with all of the nationwide protests and things that are going on, the Republicans uh, were willing to give the Democrats, what was it, something like 70 or 80 percent of what they wanted in the last police reform bill, and the Democrats said no uh, because they didn't get everything that they wanted and and this is where this kind of boils down to the democrats have been in control of this narrative for so long that any attempt to find middle ground sort of away from that exact narrative or anyone that goes against this narrative is immediately shunned into silence and it's a really scary thing for american discourse and i bring this up not to put blame on anyone specifically i want to use this podcast to try and create that middle area 
And I know that I've spent the last, what, four or five minutes now ranting about how bad the Democrats are, and I said it when I started the show. The Republicans, at this point, to me, are no better. Donald Trump, where are you? I mean, I've been watching people destroy, hurt innocent citizens, take over areas of large cities. And the only thing I've seen you do is sign an executive order and have a rally where you made me feel a little better and then in the days following have done nothing. What I want from the government right now is some sort of I don't know what the word is I'm looking for effort and sincerity from the government right now because there's no, there there's no one in the government that really is attempting to fix any of these issues you have the democrats on the one side who want to exacerbate the issue and anyone who tells me that they aren't doing exactly that has clearly not been listening to what these people are saying the message they're conveying i mean nancy pelosi went on tv and told the public that donald trump has blood on his hands for the murder of George Floyd? I'm sorry, did... Did Donald Trump order the killing of George Floyd? Did he... Was, was he standing on the sidewalk watching as George Floyd was murdered? No. No, I don't think he was. You know what probably was going on in Donald Trump's life? When George Floyd was murdered, he probably was dealing with... Something like the coronavirus, maybe, or, I don't know, the tremendous unemployment, the welfare, the, the stimulus checks, the economic issues, the political issues surrounding the virus. But then as all of the George Floyd protests began happening, it became a bigger issue than the virus. And I think that that's very telling as to where the Democrats are going with this. Now, if anybody disagrees with me, like I said in the beginning of this podcast for the intro, I suppose the trailer, I want you to be able to convey your point. Um, and I would, right now I think I, I would like to give some some background on myself so that you know where a lot of my positions come from. And they don't really come from the places that you may expect. I don't get my political opinions from other people. I make my political opinions based on the experiences of my life. So let's go ahead and get into that so you guys know a little bit about me. We talked a little bit about 
the problems. And again, I know I rattled on, rattled on the Democrats for a while, but like I said, the Republicans are not doing anything in terms of making it better on their end. So, you know, pick your poison, I guess, at this point. I am a white man. I'm going to put that out there right now because I know that's all some of you care about is what color I am, which is incredibly so backwards thinking. I mean, I'm 23 years old, okay? And I wasn't really politically conscious until I was probably about... 13 to 15 years old. And I feel like that's early for people nowadays. I mean, I talk to teenagers nowadays and they have no idea what they're even talking about in terms of the basic layout of the world, where countries are. I mean, the public school system is is is, is a shame, but that's a, that's a story for another day. I didn't become politically conscious until I was probably about 15 years old, 14 years old. But even before then, there was, there was a very different tone in the way that people spoke about these things to one another. And I think that that's one of the big reasons why I want this podcast to be out there, why I want people to listen. Even if you don't agree with me, I mean, I know that there's probably a lot of people that don't. And there's a lot of people that I don't agree with out there that will probably listen to this. I want you people... To be able to listen to an opposing opinion, not feel like you are being attacked. And for those people, like I said, I ripped on the Democrats again for a while. For those people who think that that was wrongly uh, deserved or that I didn't have reason uh, to do so, I'd like to know why. Um, what is it that... Is keeping you from turning your back on these people. The very things that we enjoy as Americans, and again, this is why I want this podcast to be out there because this isn't a Democrat or Republic, Republican thing that I'm worried about here. Because at this point, aside from individuals, and we'll get into that in a little bit. I don't think there's any one particular power, again, besides the Democrats. You can go independent, Republican, Green Party, it doesn't matter. The Democrats are the main threat to basic Western thought, civilization, to freedom, to the freedom of speech. They're, they're the main threat. For a while... It was actual communism from Russia, from places like China, but it's kind of morphed now. So when I was a kid, there was a feeling of unity. This was the time, the time period I'm talking about is between 2004 to probably about 14 or 15, so 2010, 2011. There was, and kind of going into 2010, 2011, there was a change in the way 
that Americans were allowed to talk about certain issues. For example, if you didn't like gay marriage for a certain reason because you felt that it violated constitutional amendments, the uh, right to religious freedom, you were allowed to have that argument. You can't have that argument anymore. You can't say, yeah, sure, I agree with gay marriage. I think that gay marriage uh, is fine. I don't care whether or not two men or two women want to marry. I don't care. However, I am worried about the religious institutions who may be affected by this law that you're about to pass that affects everyone. See, the problem with democratic uh, policies as opposed to Republican policies is that Republican policies tend to be more refined in terms of who they're affecting, what Sorry about that. Sorry about that. Uh, what they're trying to do. Again, I apologize for that. I don't know how long that was in the microphone. Uh, sorry for that. The Republican policies are very geared toward a specific solution and a specific problem. The Democratic policies are kind of this one-size-fits-all Uh system and it's kind of a weird paradox that we're in because the democrats will say well this system is bad for all black americans or this system only benefits rich americans or this system only benefits white americans Listen, I'm a white American, okay? I'm also a disabled American. And there are a lot of systems that may affect normal white Americans generally in a positive light that don't affect me in a positive light. There are a lot of things that I can't do with my life some things as simple as riding a bicycle that I have no control over. And it isn't the fault of some group. It isn't the fault of some system that is purposefully trying to, to out disabled people. It's just... The sad truth that I was born with a genetic um, setback. Setback. Not, not even. I I wouldn't even call it a disability. There there are things, and 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 I think that this is the thing that a lot of people forget is that they say, oh well, I'm I'm I'm, you know. I'm a woman. I I don't have this opportunity, and and then and I'm a black man. I don't have this opportunity. I'm I'm a, I'm an Italian man, so th this opportunity is is missed on me. Or, or I'm an I'm an Asian man, and there are things that you receive for being who you are that other people 
don't, as well as the fact that you lose certain things for who you are. This is true for everyone. This is true for a white kid who is born in the mountains of, of Kentucky, whose family makes money from selling old car parts and bottle cans and moonshine. Nobody talks about those communities. Sorry about that. A little bit of those people are... at just of a big disadvantage in terms of their economic status as people who are living in inner cities. And possibly it's more difficult. In an inner city, I mean, there are different factors, sure. You probably have less violence in, in the rural areas than in the inner cities. But again, there are trade-offs. If you live in an inner city and, and, and you're homeless, you can walk to any place that you need to. So let's say you're a homeless man living in the inner city and you need to find a homeless shelter. There are a lot more homeless shelters in the inner city. Granted, they're full most of the time. But people who are living in rural areas... They have nowhere to go. They're in the middle of nowhere. They're basically in no man's land. Um, and this isn't to say that, you know, people in rural communities have it harder than black people, because it's not true. There are some black people who have it harder than people in rural communities and vice versa. But what I'm saying is that there are two sides to every single coin. And it seems like the media the political class, and now most of the discourse in America is geared toward you only support this side of the coin or you only support the other side of the coin. Um, it's really worrisome. Um... And I don't know the necessary steps that we should take um, in order to fix this. But I know that I will do my part and I hope that you will do yours uh, to open up the discourse. Now, I did rip on Democrats and the current narrative for a while. So guess what, Republicans? It is your turn Donald Trump, what are you doing in there, man? What are you doing? We're shutting down for COVID again, because apparently it's back. I don't, I don't know where it went, uh, but we're shutting down for COVID again. How long is that going to last, Mr. President? How much longer are we going to be playing this game of 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 keep away of freedom keep away No, you can't go outside and do anything cuz you'll kill grandma. Except for you people cuz police brutality is bad. You guys can be yeah, go out and 
jump on top of each other, spit on, on each other, scream at each other for a month now. But then it starts to die down and, oh, oh, the virus is back. Shocker. Excuse me? So it's okay for these people to run rampant through the streets for a killing who I a killing which I will agree with you was completely unjustified and absolutely evil. Um, regardless of what you think of George Floyd and his his past, the actual act of the murder itself was completely heinous. And uh, I think everyone uh, rightfully agrees with that. And I'm pretty sure the officer's going to jail for the rest of his life, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, I would be shocked uh, to see that not happen. So what are you protesting? And Mr. President, why... Have you done nothing? Why has Mitch McConnell done nothing? Matt Gates, Tim Scott, I give Tim Scott uh, props. He's been out there putting uh, putting his neck out a little bit, which I appreciate. Do something. I know what you said at your rally. I watched your rally. My girlfriend and I watched it. Speaking of my girlfriend, I hope um, in the next few episodes we can have her on the podcast. So that'll be uh, a positive. But Mr. President, you said at your rally you wanted to leave uh, in reference to Chaz. You wanted to leave it there so that people would see what Democrats will do to their cities. Which I understand. It's a valid point. I mean, I just spent the first five or ten minutes of this podcast talking about how the Democrat policies, how bad they are. But I don't think that you should allow insurgents or rather revoltists to take over a six block area not only six blocks it was three blocks and then it grew it expanded and then you have a guy this guy Raz Simone some wannabe rapper from Seattle apparently have you guys seen this baffles me that, that, that there are a lot of people, and I'm 50-50 I'm split on this, but CHOP, have you seen this? I mean, it's been going on for weeks, so I'm sure a lot of people have seen it. I mean, I've seen it all over just because I don't only watch CNN and NBC, but if you only watch mainstream news, you won't see it. CHOP, Chaz. The, uh, what was it, the, the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone was the name of it, and then they realized that it was illegal, so they changed it to CHOP, 
because I mean it's fitting. <laughs> That's typically what happens under regimes after revolutions. Somebody's head typically gets chopped off. And it's not always the person you're revolting against. You know, for people... And I'm getting off track here, but I just want to throw this point out. For people who like to preach to other people about American history, these radical left-wing people seem to know as little about history as humanly possible while still being able to get away with pretending like they know history. I mean, if you've if you've read any of the 1619 uh, Project, um, and I can't even remember the name of it, but it's, what is, wow, what is that garbage bestseller book? White, white, guilt or what whatever what these are all garbage historical takes to cash in on a narrative that America is racist and the way that you cash in on the narrative is take the history make it look racist spew it out people who are biting into this narrative love it you get paid you get a spot in the spotlight and you move on with your life and that's how we get people like Nicole Hannah-Jones, that's how we get people, uh, like this, you know, people going out like Sarah Silverman and, and, and preaching or, or, you know, it's just all, it's, it's all just such a mess, and it's, it's tearing the country in half, and and I know we're about halfway. I want, I want to keep these uh, podcasts down to an hour. And I know that I'm kind of rambling here. And this is the first episode. I didn't really have a structure. I just kind of wanted to vent a little bit. Get get my... Um, get my ideas off. And like I said... I don't want you people to think that I think that I'm some sort of holier-than-thou political preacher in this. I just want to be able to express myself and not be attacked. I thought about putting up the podcast on YouTube, and then I figured that would probably last for about two episodes, and then it would get removed because I would, I'd say a mean word, and YouTube would rip me down, so I didn't even want to have to go through all that garbage. Um... So I, th I think I'm going to at least do a few of these a week, um, possibly daily. Um, but I don't want you to think that I am trying to have some sort of condescending attitude. If there's one thing that I want people to take from this podcast, the, the, the lesson that I'm trying to teach... To the people that hear this, is that regardless of who you are, and regardless of what you've been told by people in your past, or by teachers, or uh, politicians, peers, colleagues, 
you are living in the freest nation that has ever existed in the history of the world. There's no nation, no place, nowhere you can step foot that exists, that gives you as many freedoms and rights, no matter who you are, than this country. And these people are trying to tear it down. What does that leave us? Canada? Oh, Canada's just as good. Have you seen their healthcare system? Do you know how expensive it is? Yeah, sure, it's not expensive if you're broke. Because that's the point. But the people that aren't, like myself, who make, you know, median income, less than median income, uh, depending on what part of the country you're looking at. I mean, I've got, if you include this, I've got multiple different, uh, three different uh, streams of income that I use to try and keep myself afloat. And I'm not some sort of, uh, like, you know, money waster. I'm not, I'm not jobless. I don't just sit here and talk all day and then, you know, do whatever I want for the rest of the time. My outlook on life was very grim when I was young, you know. Things were told to me that that I wouldn't be able to do, wouldn't be able to, to walk, eat, talk, bathe myself, clothe myself, interact with people, be emotionally uh, intelligent, being intelligent at all, these things were told to me throughout my entire life, you know, you'll probably never be able to walk, or you'll probably never be able to run, or jump, or be able to play sports, drive a car, but these things, this is, this is the kind of, this is where I think that my ideology and the, and the and the people that love this nation and the freedom of this nation where our ideologies separate from those on the left the ideology separates because when the people on the left hear things like the system is stacked against you uh, and that you'll never win. Or that this person is trying to keep you down. And they're trying to make it so you'll never win. They just try to throw the whole thing in the garbage. It's kind of like when you get your kid a, 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 a drum set, right? Or like a piano or something. Something to, something interesting but something to, 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 to you know, uh, improve their skill in a certain uh, facet. You know, drawing, uh, again, any sort of instruments, uh, painting, anything like this. What kids, most kids will do is they will get the piano or... The easel or the sketchbook. They'll sit down. 
they'll start to play, draw, paint, whatever. And they maybe play a song on the piano that sounds like garbage. Or they paint a picture that looks like garbage. Or they draw a picture that looks like garbage. Or they write a poem that looks like, sounds like garbage. You know, you know. Because when you start at something, you're going to suck. And when that happens, you know, maybe if you're a kid just drawing and you draw a bad picture and you show your dad, he says, oh, honey, that's beautiful, and he hangs it on the fridge. But in real life, let's say you start at something. I want to be a, 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 you know, a hockey player. Hockey's a, a primarily white sport, right? Let's say I want to be a hockey player. And I'm a, I'm a black guy from Chicago, inner city, bad school, rough, rough uh, neighborhood, rough upbringing, but I want to play hockey. I want to play hockey real bad, and, and one day there's a trial for this. Semi-pro hockey team, right? And a lot of these players from this semi-pro team, they go to the to the NHL. Good percentage. So I go to the tryouts. But before I can actually try out for the team, one of the coaches pulls me aside and he says, Listen, son. We've never had a black kid make it through. And not be cut from the team. And I don't want you to get your hopes up and be defeated if we do cut you from the team. Because statistically speaking, there's no chance. Percentage-wise, you know, say we've had 103 black guys come, none of them have made the team. You know, 0 out of 100, you have a zero, literal 0% zero chance. To make this team. Now where. The liberal ideology would fall is. Well you're a racist. And you don't want to give me a spot. Because I'm black. Even though. That isn't. What the coach. Said. Hypothetically, hypothetical coach, hypothetically said. What he said was that statistically, the chances of you making the team are zero. In that player's head, he already accepted the loss. That player saw those numbers and decided, no, it's not worth it. I'm just going to get in by claiming you're racist. Because look at all of these black men who have tried for the team but weren't good enough to make it. So this only must mean that you're a racist organization. That's not true. 
the other side of that coin as the player would be, okay, then goddamn it, I'm going to be the first black man to ever make this team. And I'm going to go even farther than that. I'm going to be the best black man in the league. I'm going to be the best player in the league. That's the mindset you need to have. And if you go into that tryout and you fail, you don't make the team, get up and go to another tryout. Stop screaming at everyone else and screaming at the system because you didn't make it once or twice or three times. I was six years old before I learned how to walk. And even then I walked on my tiptoes. I had to have surgery to cut my tendons and pull them so that I could walk flat on my feet. And you're telling me you can't put in the effort to apply to an extra college because the one that you wanted to go to said no? You're just going to sit there and whine and blame it on systemic racism and then nothing is ever going to change in the country unless the government does something for you? No. No. That's not how any of that works. If 98% of the colleges decline you, that means 2% of them won't. And you need to find that 2%. Sometimes things are hard. It's, it's, it's so remarkable to me that this is a concept that I was taught as a kid because, and honestly, I'm so glad that I was taught this way because if I was taught by one of these hip, hippie liberal parents, I might, I might not have tried to accomplish the things that I've been able to accomplish in my life. Ben Shapiro made this point years ago. If you tell someone that the only reason they won't succeed is because some nameless, faceless group is, is, is trying to keep them down. They're never going to succeed. Because they're not told you can make it if you keep going. They're told there's no reason to keep going because you'll never make it. And that's what I was told. Sometimes that's what I'm still told by people in all facets of my life. People I thought were my friends. But the American public has just gotten so soft. And I'm sorry. There's a lot of you that aren't. There's a lot of you that know that life is 99% work. Because otherwise, why the hell are we even here? What are you doing? You're just roaming the planet. What are you doing to... to, to to make things better. We're, we're, we're going to take a break here in, in just a minute. But I want to ask you a question before uh, I do take a break. 
are you are you asking the government to implement certain policies because they would make the world better or are you asking the government to implement policies because it would make your life easy I think that's a good question to ask yourself and I think that that question really does center it on the fact that this fight we're in right now comes down to values where I want people to live peacefully and coexist and love their neighbors these people want to tear all that history away and I think that it's a good thing to think about as we go into the break um, for the final 15 minutes of the show you are listening to the Ordinary American Podcast thank you for tuning in and we'll be back uh, in just a few minutes here All right, everyone, we are back. I hope you enjoyed that beautiful track during the break. That song is called Retrospect by DLJ and Casio. Just give credit where that is due. If you enjoy that song, go ahead and look them up. Great artist that makes some great uh, beats and lo-fi tracks, um, if that is what you are into. I'm going to try to include... A new song in the break every single day, so go ahead and keep an eye out for that, and I will uh, give you guys the name and artist afterwards. Um, So again, that's Retrospect by DLJ and Casio. Alright, so for the last segment here, we're going to jump away from politics for the last bit of the show, and I want to talk about this terrible, god-awful movie that I sat through last night and I know you've probably seen it on Netflix the beautiful movie great for the uh, general culture of America 365 days this movie oh man where do I begin first off from a filmmaking standpoint the movie is absolutely garbage like I can't even fathom why The characters in this movie do what they do. Like, there's no reason. Uh, Like, what is it? The Massimo character, who is the main character. So basically, I'm I'm, going to give um, a little bit of the plot for people who don't know. Massimo is the name of the hunk, I guess we'll call him, in this movie. And Laura is the name... Of the girl who he, I guess you could say, is dating. But it's more of kidnapping. Um, It's supposed to be some, like, romantic movie, I guess. It's a very sexual movie. It's like a Fifty Shades of Grey type movie, but worse. Like, way worse. Um, I honestly am a little bit 
unnerved of how easy it is to access this movie. Like, any kid that is just browsing Netflix and just sees this movie and is like, oh, a movie, and clicks it, is going to see all of the beautiful uh, bumping and grinding that is going on in this movie. That's really the main attraction of the movie. Like, let's be honest, he... The people that are watching this movie are just watching this movie so that they can watch porn and not feel like they're watching porn. Like, it's okay because I'm watching a movie. Because the actual plot of the movie makes no sense and is so, like, unintriguing. Um. Like. Massimo isn't even romantic. He kidnaps Laura, who is the, the uh, again, the girl taken. I guess you could suppose they're dating, but they're, they're not. They're, I mean, he kidnaps her, and then she says, Will you kidnap me? That's no way to love me. And he says, That is why I'm giving you 365 days to fall in love with me. And apparently that's supposed to be romantic. Like, being kidnapped. And your forever companionship and, like, your life, basically, is the ransom of the kidnapping. But that's romantic, apparently. This movie... My gosh, if you, if you like cheese, like, movies that aren't trying to be cheesy but are, or, like aren't trying to be bad, but are really bad, this movie is, 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 is on there, I mean, I'd include a clip, I don't want to be, I already included probably too much audio in this, in this podcast, um, but I mean, like, even from the, the, the initial introduction, like, he says, you know, she's walking to the bathroom or something, and feels like somebody's behind her, so she turns around, and he says, are you lost, baby girl? And then she turns around and runs again. And then turns around and he disappears. Like, that's the initial interaction. I, it's, it's just... It's, if you're trying to be, like, a romantic sexual movie while at the same time, like, having this creepy kidnapping vibe, like, what niche were you trying to reach with... I don't know. All you need to do with for this movie is look at the reviews um and you'll see that it's not worth your time i think that netflix has come up with a lot of good things with their platform over the last few years tiger king was really enjoyable this movie apparently is catching on and it is not good it's catching on because there's genitals in it i mean let's like, that's why. There's people bumping in it, and that's why. That, 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 that's why people. Sorry about that. Again, I get a lot of notifications during this podcast. Sorry. Uh, these people are just. They'll just go after anything. But, anyways, I just wanted to talk about this movie. Um, anyone who's willing to watch it, go ahead. You can see what I'm talking about. Um, yeah, I, uh, 
I don't know. I think this movie needs to go away. It will eventually. It'll die down. Something else will come along. Either with more sex or something that's more ridiculous. But I appreciate all of you coming in. That is the end of our show. Um, and I appreciate you listening to me ramble about this random movie for the end. Um, to try and calm things down a little bit. I, like I said, I, 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 this movie, not good. I mean, even the boyfriend, like, the initial boyfriend, she, she's, like, not getting affection, is it, it's just, it's just a ridiculous movie, she has, she ends up marrying him in the end, and then, then, and then, I I don't want to ruin the ending of the movie, but the, the ending of the movie is even worse, like, like, the ending of the movie is just, it's just a bad movie. It's just a really bad movie. So, not recommended. I am getting a phone call. So I guess that is the end of our show. I will talk to you guys later. This is The Ordinary American Podcast.